Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is my phone down? Is your phone off? Phone on moon? Child. Oh, yeah. We still say that on mm. set. I always I still say that. It's like stuck in my head. Phone on moon. I'm sorry. My last question. Should the core be on my right or left side for the headphones? On the left side. Okay. Jeffrey, you're such a... Well, no, because I want to mess up the No, headphones. you're such a, pr- a pretty man. I was going to give you a compliment. Mm-hmm. See, why were you intuit and critique when there was a compliment happening? That is a sign for 2022 is that we have to be expecting good news more. I know. Okay. Um. All right. The show started. Your hair's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny is that it really does feel weird having water instead. Instead of liquor. Instead of liquor. I know. Why, I why do you have to say liquor and not alcohol? Liquor just sounds like I'm drinking out of a paper bag. I mean, is that a <laughs> Alcohol. <us? laughs> no, like seriously, for this new year, for people who are watching the show, they'll notice that uh, my fate is not beat. I'm not wearing any makeup. All I have is lip gloss and good skincare because, you know, what is it? Fresh face, fresh, fresh year. Face, Oh, that ain't what they say. It's new, new year, new me. Fresh year, fresh face. I'm, like, I'm making shit up. Now. Wait, is this like a whole 2022 thing, or is this just like a? I'm not Alicia Keys. Thing. I can't afford to like not not wear makeup all day. <laughs> I still need my face beat to get paid. But you know what? This is the part where we will cue the music because there's nothing to toast to, and it's bad luck to toast. It's bad luck to toast the water. Yeah, so I'll just do you a fist bump. Oh, sober, so wonderful. <laughs> cue the music. <laughs> So we're starting the show. I, I not that sounds sad because it's good to be sober. For those Why of you, I'm really waiting for music to start playing. <laughs> <laughs> it is playing. They're gonna put it in post. So the the thing about the show is we have a great time, and the whole point of doing the show is that we kiki. It's like a happy hour. We drink. Yes. We're only doing this for the first episode that we're not drinking. By the way. Okay. The alcohol comes back next episode. Ooh, can I come back next episode? Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, that's great. It's gonna be great. We're gonna be doing like a special uh, Valentine's episode with like one of my favorite power couples. Ooh. Can we tell who? No. Oh. And also, too, people use the, the term power couple a little bit loosely because yes. just because you like somebody and um, y'all, have, y'all got a job and you have unprotected <laughs> sex every Tuesday does not mean that you're a power couple, guys. Just you can keep the bills paid. That don't make you a power couple. They're not keeping the bills paid. <laughs> <laughs> They're too busy buying Birkins for the gram and then returning them for outfits that they return on top ooh, of that. Ooh. Oh, my this bad. This is not your guest, though, right? Oh, yeah. No, that's not my guest. My <laughs> guest, actually, they have money. Like They, they, they have the, their coins are theirs. For okay. those of you who are hearing the voice in the background, uh, that is Jeffrey Smith. Can we get a round of applause for Jeffrey? Woo-hoo-hoo. Jeff, I'm now going to now call you a guest. You're not our guest. You're our guest host. Guest host. I you, love it. You've officially been promoted I'm to like, a guest host. I've been host. auditioning and auditioning. I keep coming back. And Jeffrey, I'm so, like, you don't understand. Like, you were the first guest I, I had. And I knew, I was like, if we keep on doing this, Jeff has to come back regularly. 
And you're in L.A. for a little bit, right? Yeah, and I told you, I will even not in L.A., I will come back. We did a virtual <laughs> one one time. He's so, like, I will whenever. get flued out. I will have a, a, a pigeon fly me in. Listen. No, Jeff, there's been so much that's been happening. For those who have been asking me why has the show not been back, um, full disclosure, I took the month of January off because I was overstimulated. Okay. I feel like I have the adult version of shaken baby syndrome. Um, I just felt overstimulated. 2021 just did too much. Is that a thing? I made it up, but it felt okay. I'm like, I just felt, in my mind, I'm visualizing somebody shaking the baby. I'm like, oh, that would be a lot for shaking a baby syndrome yeah. is real, right? I feel like I have the adult version. I feel like the universe grabbed yeah, me by the I shoulders like the, and now. shook me for twelve full months. But it was just the mental thought of a baby and what they probably are thinking. Like, this is a lot. I am doing? a baby. <laughs> I've gotten compared to Forrest Gump more times than I would oh care to. What? No, let me tell you something right now. People have asked me if I have Aspergers because I have no social fear. Okay. You've met me, Jeffrey. Yeah. If there's if if there's a fire, I'm running towards it. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of times people see me being fearless. I'm not fearless. I'm just innocent. Mm. You can be innocent and mischievous at the same time. We'll discuss. Or inquisitive. It's a childlike innocence. I wouldn't say simple because that sounds like I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not simple. Because when you made the Forrest Gump reference, Forrest Gump was simple. But he was brilliant. Did you watch the movie? Yeah. He lived an extraordinary life. He just had a pure heart. Forrest Gump did live. He lived, let he, me tell you. Forrest Gump lived. He outlived all you hosts. All of them. Right? But he never had any malicious intent. He did. He loved very purely, and he always said what he meant. Who am I describing? Hello. I am Forrest Gump. I just, I'm, I'm a spicy, <laughs> you know, plus-size Afro-Latina Forrest Gump. All right, so we've been gone for a month. A lot has happened. I feel like we have to do, like, a bit of a recap and some hot tops, like, mixed okay. in. Let's get the, the morbid stuff out the way first. Um, the last episode we did was with uh, the executive producer of Insecure, Amy Aniobi. Amy, you can always come back. Oh, I didn't even ask which camera's mine. That's my camera. I'm, look, I'm looking over there at the <laughs> producers. Hi, y'all. That's me right there. Hey, for those of you who are watching us on Patreon or YouTube, uh, sorry for staring at the wall this whole time. Um, it's my first time back after a month. But no, Amy Aniobi, when she was on, at the end of her episode, we discussed legacy because Bell Hooks had just passed away. Oh, yeah. If I had known that Bell Hooks was going to be the first of many. The first. Everybody's dropping. Everybody dropping. The fact that Betty White didn't even want to see 2022. She's like, look, y'all. <laughs> I've done it. I've lived it. I've seen it. Thank you. Thank you for being so a now, friend. <laughs> all of the Golden Girls. They all of them, they're reunited. Yeah. Don't make me cry. There's very few things that make me cry, but the Golden Girls is up there. I know. And she was only 17 days from her 100th birthday. From her 100th birthday, yeah. That is know, lit. Randomly, I don't know why I just thought about the Kubo, because we're talking about Betty and the Golden Girls. I saw a post the other day that said, because um, you know, Sex in the City with their reboot, they're getting a lot of flack because their child. age and everything. I yeah. haven't watched it, but somebody pointed out the age they are now mm -hmm. is the age that the Golden Girls were when they came out. No, they're. I think they're two years younger or two years older. Sex in the City girls. Yeah, so there's like a two year difference, but they're about the exact same. Yeah, the same age bracket. They don't do it. They don't do it right. Could you imagine if Blanche Devereaux was walking the streets of Miami like, well, Samantha Jones ain't in the new one, but that's part of the problem. And I know L.A. is three degrees of separation. I know several people who are friends with people who are involved with the show. And I need you to know, I'm going to still say what I mean. No disrespect. Um, the show is tired. It's sad. Really? It makes you sad to age. But you know what? So I haven't watched it, but I love the title. Because honestly, this last oh, year. Oh, the title's brilliant. I have just realized, and life is and just like that. It's also how she ended every um, article that she wrote. And just like that, whatever. So it's like a, a harking. In this new one or in the No, in the first... old one. In the old one. So it's actually oh. a phrase that she used to say all the time that people don't realize. And she's like, and just like that, I found out that Big was the one. Yeah, my knowledge of Sex in the City is very limited. I want to tell you, I feel like a prophet when it comes to the complaints I hear about Sex in the City because 
I was at a event with Obi and and Norman and a couple other folks like maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. And in this thing, they were talking about creatives and how to make creativity more inclusive. Okay. And everybody's being very kumbaya, and you know how I am. Everybody goes left, I'm gonna go right. <laughs> and I said, y'all, no disrespect, but where's the line between being woke and not being entertaining anymore? Mm. because I'm an emotional intelligence coach. So I'm all about being intentional, okay. but that does not mean that you get to give up the entertainment factor. And I was like, I, I feel like we're going to enter an age where scripts start to look like just a long line of regurgitated tweets because everything's going to be a soundbite or a buzzword or something that uh, they, they got okay, from an op-ed. Okay, yeah. And I feel like, and is just that what like, they're doing? I feel like, and just like that is the first show that's being dragged for exactly what I foresaw three years ago. It looks like somebody just went on Twitter and looked up social justice warrior hashtags. Oh, it's like a whole. It's too woke. Mm. It's woke in a way that even woke people aren't in real life. We want to let y'all know. We hear y'all. Right. Like <laughs> they use words like allies and, you know, they make sure the black women have braids. And I was like, it's just, it's a lot going on. And they have like a non-binary fuckboy. It's the thing is, it's, it's like, so cringe. just allow it to exist. You don't have to point it out. It's a, it's cartoonishly woke. Yeah. Okay. And every white woman who's the main character, mind you, they're betraying who they used to be because they were badasses, right? Sex and the City, they were so badass. I didn't even care that they lived in a version of New York where there were no black folks. I didn't see nobody black in Sex in the City for about 10 years in that show. Didn't even mind because it was so badass. I was like, forget it. Maybe I'll just, she's light-skinned. I'll just make something up. But like this version, they're so sad. And Mm. all the white women have um, like a a colored sidekick. Really? I'm using the word color because it feels accurate. Like one of them will have an Indian sidekick and the other one will have a black sidekick. And the other one has. They're like, we want y'all to know. They're pairing (laughs) them up. We want y'all to know. So y'all cannot say anything. Y'all don't see everybody. It is it is it is so cringe how heavy handed the yeah. intentionality That's is. I hate it when it's forced. Like just let it exist. It's contri- and the thing, allow it to exist. Nicole Ari Parker mm-hmm. is Char- Charlotte's sidekick, and Nicole Ari Parker, the beautiful woman that she is, yeah. they call her the Black Charlotte. They actually open their mouth. There's a line where they call her the Black Charlotte. Really? As if we were stupid Wait, enough. Is that a bad thing? Which one? Charlotte is. Charlotte is the the, the sweet one. Kristen Davis. Okay. But here's the thing: if you are going to actually be inclusive, then people of color get to be their own people. Not w- black versions yeah. of pre-existing white people because you're still censoring the white gaze. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So saying she's the black Charlotte instead of just saying she's her new character. Yeah. They should hire All me. these microaggressions. Somebody from HBO Max, please call me. <laughs> I, I will tell you, um, I'm not going to name any names, but there's somebody from a TV show that was very popular on Netflix who read a couple of my op-eds. And they hit me up and said, we want you to watch the whole entire season of this show. It's a very popular show. And pre-drag it. So we can really? we can get ahead of the op ed and, and I pre dragged it <clears throat> and everything I said and now was that so that they could go back and redo or just know what the, they, they thought they expect. were coming back for a third season and so okay. they wanted to get ahead of it before the blogs and everybody else started coming at them because right. a lot of times when people critique you they're critiquing you for a hot take because they want to be lit yeah. not because they want to make you better yeah so, but child. you said HBO Max though you know what show you know what show I love Euphoria no I can't get I cannot get into it. I'm shocked. We'll as sex positive as you are, we'll we'll go come ahead. Back to you for you, love life season Obsessed. two. I have watched it four times. You can skip season one. No disrespect to the team of season no one. Season two. People on some of my friends actually on. I want to roll around naked in the film of 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 love life and just rub it on my body like Sal. Blue. That show I have made. I think I even told you about it to watch it and skip season one. You know what's so funny? I have been told to watch it four different times, but something about you saying it. I trust your taste level. Because my thing now is all Something about, about you saying my it. favorite TV is relatable TV. Yeah. And Love Life Season 2, Marcus, the thing that I love about it is that for every episode, you could see yourself in it as Marcus or one of the other characters. Oh, yeah. Because I saw Absolutely. a lot of people, they were like, oh, Marcus, he's trash. Oh, I can't he's really stick with Marcus. Or his, you, he deserved everything he got. But I'm like, the thing is, 
you have been a Marcus before, I'm sure. Hell yeah. And if not Marcus, you've been one of those people that he dated. Every human being in some way showed up the way that they date in that in that show. In that show. You know what's so funny though? And you know because I'm into astrology. Mm-hmm. Imme- like by episode two, I was like, this mother sucker's a Libra. Ooh. He got Libra problems. And so energy. when they said he was a Libra like a, like a few episodes later, I was like, I knew it. Yeah. He got nothing but he got a lot of Libra problems. Mm. I have dated several Libras. Charming, indecisive, moralistic, but hypocritical without meaning to. I've only dated but, one Libra. But deeply endearing. Like all the nuances of Libra them, they per- I don't know if the person who wrote it is into astrology. Right. He was a spot on Libra. Mm. I'm not gonna ruin it, but I love the way that it ended. It was good ending. Don't don't yeah. don't ruin it. It was but good ending, yeah. I if love y'all it. ain't seen it now, but it was good in Love life is the kind of thing that I feel like if the next person I'm in a serious relationship with hasn't watched it, mm-hmm. it's going to be required viewing. Um, yes, but there is something I did realize. I told some of my friends that are like in that 25, 27 age range to watch it. They didn't get it. But well, all of, of us not. that are like 30 and over. I'm not dating nobody 27, 25, so that doesn't apply, child. But that episode where Marcus. I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to go to jail. <laughs> so, y'all, I have a 30 and up rule. So, yeah, that, yeah. that demographic but will not some, be watching. It's something it about me. just life relationships going through things. Yeah. That's what made that show just like, you know, I understand everything that this man is going through. Uh, speaking of understanding everything that, that someone is going through, mm-hmm. um, someone who says that they sometimes struggle to be understood is Kanye West. You like that, that, that little segue, that little, little segue. pivot. For those of you who are unfamiliar or do not follow me on social media or don't have Wi-Fi, Kanye West uh, sat down with my Hollywood Unlocked co-host, Jason Lee, on Monday um, on an interview that quite literally broke the internet over where we work. Kanye does that. He, he, he did never, I didn't know the internet could actually break. So I was just, let me back up for those of you who don't know. Kanye West um, is Kanye West. It's Kanye West. It's, I mean, I don't ye. think I need, I need to say. Or is it yay? Yay, it's yay. Yay, I'm sorry. Not ye. <laughs> he. He's a donkey now. So confidently D- too, don't get I? me in trouble because <laughs> it's one degree separation now. So Jason Lee is my co-host of Halloween Unlocked. He is the creator of Hollywood Unlocked. And he opened up his own studio uh, two weeks ago. And the day that he opened it up, he invited us to come see it, look around, whatever. I'm very proud of him. Mm-hmm. Now, you know when you start a new endeavor, you're always kind of nervous when you yeah. first start it because you're like, is anybody going to show work? up? Is it going to work? Yep. This is a heavy investment. And not to say nothing, but the place that he's, is, it's expensive. Right. It, security has to let you up even to go to the studio. Okay. That's how expensive it is. So we're sitting there. We're in an expensive place, too. I mean, we are. We are. We are. We are as well. Just There's no security, right? But, like, at one point, you could tell he's just thinking about it, and suddenly the phone rings, and he picks up the phone, and he's talking, and I see his face change, and he starts pointing to the phone, like, what? And that's when I realized through his pantomime, Kanye West has just randomly called him and said, I want to work with you at at the studio. When you ask God, is this investment worth it? (laughs) And somebody worth a couple billion dollars calls you and says, yes, it is. That's a response. That is, but as I predicted, I, I immediately knew because Jason is not, is not a yes man and he's very opinionated. We all are for the mm-hmm. show. I knew Kanye would love that because Kanye's not used to pushback. Yeah. So, of course, within three weeks, him and Kanye are like buddies, best buddies now. They do this exclusive interview. Jason calls me and asks me to write the op-ed for the interview. Mm-hmm. I was like, I did not think I was starting off my Monday writing an op-ed about Kanye West, Kanye West. that I know Kanye West is going to 100% read. Right. But here's the thing, though. Integrity check. I was not going to change my opinion just because I knew he was going to read it. Yeah, of course not. So I was like, look, I'm going to send it out to y'all. Because I don't think he, wanted, <laughs> he, he would not have wanted a fluff piece. But here's the problem, though. I said we need to humanize him even when we disagree with him. Mm-hmm. I think in this day and age where everybody has, like, rage addiction, mm-hmm. me not saying let's burn him on the stake felt right. like I was an apologist. 
I was like, oh, really? I was like, he's a human being. Yeah. All I'm saying is, can we not dehumanize him while we disagree with him? The issue that I've learned is that people are so focused on wanting to be right, especially even in disagreement. They're mm-hmm. so focused on wanting to be right that nobody's hearing each other. Exactly. And that's where I am. I'm, I don't care about being right or wrong anymore. I just want to be heard. I you just sound want like you. To you, hear o- you o- are you over 35? Not over yet, but I'm right at 35. Because I'm about to say, something happens when you hit 35, you're like, look, Listen. I don't even care if I'm right anymore. Can we just have Can some peace? Can we just have some peace? <laughs> like, <laughs> I ain't arguing with nobody. So the fact that you were about to hit 35, there's something I'm telling you. It starts around 33 for men. I call it the, y'all's Jesus year. Yeah, it was 33, yeah. Mm-hmm. This, uh, around y'all Jesus year. I'm not even I'm Christian, y'all. I'm Buddhist. But around 33, 33 men are yeah. like, ooh, I'm slowing down. But though. I think it's also, yeah, it's depending <laughs> on what you might have gone through in life. I mean, situations can definitely... You're being kind. I know people who've been through everything and they're still a mess. And they still a mess. Yeah, willful ignorance is a thing, but thank you for throwing some Ooh. grace. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. We write the article. We, Jason posted the thing and then Kanye reposted it. My Monday, this week started off with Kanye West reposting something that had my name on it. I, I don't know. I didn't know how to okay. deal. I clicked the link because I was like, I'm, Kanye West is... Right. He broke the internet. Like It was broken. Oh, wow. Server's busy. To have that much power where you can literally just shut down... A, of a fan base. That's why I say, whether you like this man or not, or agree with him or not, and here's the thing, I don't even think Kanye agrees with Kanye all the time. So right. nobody agrees with him all the time because we're all human and fallible. Yeah. Sometimes you have to admit whether you like somebody or not, what their impact is. Right. And I think that's what a lot of all people lose. You don't have to like somebody to like give them their flowers. Yeah. And that's really what I want this episode to be about is like, how do we find better ways to give ourselves our flowers? Mm. And so I'm going to ask you a question, Jeff. You, know, okay, you exactly. thought the Kanye thing was coming. All right, you know, listen. I had a comment about Kanye, but we'll come back. No, to hit it before I forget. I was going to say, you know, I actually have been going back listening because I haven't listened to his more recent music. But um, lately I've Donda? been playing. No, I didn't play Donda. Okay. I've been playing uh, Dark Fantasy. That's To me, that's like my favorite album that, of his. And you know what? I always thought it was cool, but I watched him on the episode of Drink Champs. Mm-hmm. And um, Noriega was asking him about his music and he was saying how Dark Fantasy was his his personally favorite album. It's his favorite too? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's and my so favorite. That was what inspired me to go back and listen to it. That album is amazing. It's the one that, you know, I'm an empath. It's the one that I emotionally connected. I was like, no, I can feel his feeling. Yeah. Like, I can taste his feeling. That album is amazing, yeah. And I and, and it's so funny because Damage and yeah. I were talking about it. We were at the studio yesterday, and he said, I said, have you heard Donda? He said, when you hear Donda, do not play it in, in earbuds. It is meant to fill up the room. Mm. So you actually have to play it in the house and let it take over the room for you to a- appreciate nice. the experience. Mm. And I've always said that Kanye is a cinematic producer. His music always feels like it should be in a movie somewhere. So if that's what Donda 1 did, what is Donda 2 going to do? Because you know it's executive produced by Future. Yes, and and, and our team is in, in, involved in some way, and I, I, I don't want to talk too much because whatever. But yeah, it's supposed to be amazing, and a lot of things are happening this around Donda. This is to be the most fuckiest of fuckboy album to come out. Listen, man, it's I can't wait for it. (laughs) You know what's so interesting when you're talking about someone, but because like they're not so distant anymore, suddenly you have to think about what you say. I wish some of these people who drag celebrities could be in the room with them for five minutes and then go back to the keyboard and see how how froggy they type. Because I can't tell you how many times I've been around people who have written things about me in my comment section when I do a think piece, mm-hmm. thinking that I'm not a person. And then when I respond, I'm like, well, actually, that's not what I said. You should go back and read page three. Oh, my God, I'm such a big fan of you. I'm like, wait, no, no, no. Don't don't, don't be a fan now because you were talking all that shit when you thought it was going to be anonymous. You were gonna... No, don't do that. Right. People but do that I all say, the time. When I said fuckboy, I didn't mean it in a negative way. I mean it in a good way. Because, like, even... Fuckboy is fuckboy. He's already started. But see, that's the problem. Don't look at fuckboy necessarily as a 
bad thing Child. if you're honest about it. It's only bad when you're dishonest about it. When you try to act like you're not a fuck boy, when you own it and you know you're a fuck boy, you can get a little. When you own upset. that you're a serial killer, it's not so bad because you mean, owned it, Jeffrey. No, fuck boy, no, you know. <laughs> no. But you're you're murdering even hearts. Even with his first, <laughs> with the first track with uh, Easy, he already is talking about Pete Davidson. Like, come yeah. on, man, let Kim, let Kim do what she's doing. You on here, Kanye? He's already been a fuck. He's but hurt. I like it. I like it though. You so you, you okay? So Jeffrey's <laughs> gonna be the toxic factor of the show. You guys know that I'm the puritanic before it's gone. <laughs> so you're gonna be the slightly toxic counterpart. A little bit because I like it. So Jeffrey, how do you feel about being a, a guest co-host? Because I mean, I mean, actually, no. Yeah, you are the guest co-host. How do you feel about that? Because as my friend and someone who wants to pour into you, and this is bringing it back to the question I was gonna mm-hmm. ask you. I recognize that sometimes we don't leverage our opportunities more. And I was like, I like doing the show alone. I like the autonomy of that. But I was like, so many people have used their platforms to expose um, their audience to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who do I know who needs to, I need to steal my camera, like camera more. Who do I need to hear from more? And you were the first person that came oh, to mind. I want to be seen on camera. <laughs> <laughs> if you were watching the show, Jeffrey has a fresh twist out. So he came here ready. Baby. And I got to put these headphones. That's why I'm holding my headphones, y'all. Because I was You're trying so to give y'all vain. curls for Jeffrey days. has his headset like dangling behind his ear Slightly. so that he won't ruin his hair. Yeah, I was trying to give curls, you know. You're I'm, such a tourist. I've been on this natural <laughs> hair journey for now almost two years. It'd be two years in April. Uh-huh. And I could not figure out how to do my own like twist for the they're moment. hard they're very hard mm-hmm. just now almost two years later i finally got it to where i can twist it and get these curls oh I so can. i was giving them to y'all blue i got my little look my beard got trimmed up yeah you this look this is for you you look very well manicured like this, this is like a third date situation happening i feel very very <laughs> first blessed. Date. always first day you gotta be Child. listening no but third day is the one that you are guaranteed sex apparently that's what the kids say third day jeffrey be fucking on the first day so that's not yeah, i'm like third <laughs> jeffrey's like third damn y'all wait that long Okay, so we have to take it to the next hot topic. We talked about Kanye. We talked about you giving me flowers and why I wanted you in the show because I want more people to realize how amazing you are. Thank you. Um, and I don't give that compliment lightly because, Jeffrey, you know me. I know. Yeah, everybody don't deserve it. I'm, I'm a compassionate person, but I'm not a nice person because nice is performative. You are not. No. No, here's, so, so let me explain it to you. Nice is is what you um say. So when people say, oh, she's so nice, it's usually because you said something that's pleasurable to their ego. Kind is what you do. When people are like, she's really kind, you've, it's demonstrative. It's something that you've done. Mm-hmm. Compassionate is uh, the best of both, which means you'll do what's right even if it doesn't feel good to the person. So I'm a very compassionate person because I love you so much. If you fucking up, I'll be the first one to tell you because I'm compassionate. Yeah. If you need me to help you, I'll be kind. I won't always say something that makes you feel good, though. And so because I'm, sometimes I can be nice, but I don't lean on it heavily, though. Yeah, okay, I won't say, I won't say you don't lean on it, but you are, like, when you got out of the car, the first thing you pointed out was my hair. You was like, yes, come on, hair. But that's nice, though. But, yeah, yeah, it, it was, but I, but I meant it, though. You meant it, yeah, yeah. It wasn't performative. Yeah. If you're so that's ha- what I mean. It's not, no, you're not a performative nice person, but so, you are a nice person. I appreciate so, that. Because yes. a lot of you are performatively nice out there. Because did make my ego feel good. It did. Yeah, I'm it's all about be- my hair today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about being sincere. I always say that if you sincerely think something nice about someone, why not? Say it. Why not say it? I've gotten that is what I do all the time. Now, if you have to make it up, and you're like looking for something to say nice about, then it, then it's contrived, it's performative. <laughs> yeah, please don't show me your baby unless you know it's cute, y'all. Um, I, I don't. I'm gonna look away because I feel bad. But yeah, if your baby is going through a growth spurt, I'm like, look at the baby. Oh, being a baby. I'm being a baby. <laughs> look at you just Ooh, in yellow. Oh, right. Just oh, your ears are brown. You're gonna darken up in right. a couple years, huh? <laughs> all right. So next hot topic I want to talk about is Wendy Williams show. The Wendy Williams show is still on. They have a rotating roster. Uh, I know. Roster I've seen it. Of... They, they didn't plan all the way out through March at this point. But I'm the, exhausted. The thing is, um, it's uh, Deb Munum, the whatever the production company is. Mm-hmm. They have to fulfill that contract. 
They have to fulfill the contract, but I also think that they're not choosing wisely and they're being lazy about who they're choosing. You know what? I my th- my theory is they're choosing people who can keep us um, mildly engaged without actually threatening Wendy herself or dethroning her. But the thing is, Wendy ain't coming back. Wendy's not coming back. I mean, I am not. I'm not allowed to say that allegedly, but yes, Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's okay, opinion. I don't, and I don't know for a fact. I believe that Wendy is not coming back. You can't miss a whole season. I think she'll definitely have a farewell show at some point because right. I would actually hate for her, her show to just end without her getting that moment to say goodbye. She's been in for thir- thir- 12 years. Mm-hmm. It's 13th year. I don't know what this is about, but she. I don't think she's gonna come back. And then, honestly, it's been about a year. Do we? Do you really miss Wendy now? Yes, because the show sucks without her. But see, I'm not watching the show, so I'm, exactly. I'm used to the show not being. In, exactly. Yeah, I'm used to the show not being in my life. So for Wendy to come back in August in the fall or whatever, I'd be like, "Oh, y'all rebooting this show?" You, you know who was supposed to be on the show? And he talks about this, Jason. Mm. And, I, and the as funny, a guest? no, as a host. Oh. And then what's so funny is because he's already been a guest several times before. Okay. Before I started working with Jason, when people would ask me who he was, I'd be like, oh, that's the guy who's probably going to replace Wendy Williams Sunday. So before I ever worked with him, knew him, so this is not me being biased because we're co-workers, mm-hmm. I always saw Jason as the next Wendy Williams. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's been on the show and they're friendly and he always kills it and they won't have him on, that's suspect to me. It, it feels real funny that you wouldn't have somebody who's such an obvious good fit for that show. Mm-hmm. And, he, and the thing is, Perez Hilton actually wrote under the Wendy's, um, um, uh, which we call it, page. They had a video, Sh- Sherry Shepard, doing a stand-up act. Like, she wasn't being a host. She was just doing stand-up. Oh. And, and Perez said, y'all need to have me and Jason Lee co-host. And Jason came underneath like, yeah, y'all need to have us come you know on. What's interesting, though, with Sherry, because that was like one episode I did watch when Sherry was on there. I really enjoyed Sherry as a view co-host. Yeah, she's meant to be a part of an ensemble. Yeah, but I, and I thought that's why I thought I would like her yeah. on the, uh, but yeah, I don't, yeah. You know what it is? Because you can literally see her. She's not, you see how right now we're having a conversation. Like, yeah. I have an itinerary in front of me, yeah. but we're still in the moment having a conversation. Yeah. Sherry Shepard, no matter what the actual conversation is, she has a, a, a comedy routine yeah. that she wants to get off. Yes. And so sometimes she leaves good conversation out of it so she can get back to her routine. Yes. That Don't is not a know? talk show host. So Sherry, if you see this, I meant what I said. Do better. Ooh, you, I, so I have a per, I have a very soft spot for Sherry Shepard. She gave me one of my like life mottos and quotes. This was years ago when she first joined The View. Hit it. They did her little um her package and everything, but she was saying she was uh, working in the office, blah blah blah, this and that. But it came down to her just saying, if it were all about stability, you wouldn't need faith, because she was trying to decide if she wanted quote. to leave that job. And you know, step into Hollywood and look where she is now. She yeah. hey, you might not like her, but she is co-hosting the day. No, I don't show. dislike. No, 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 not her. you. Yeah. I mean, like the audience, y'all might not like her. But I think Sherry Shepard is amazing. I think she's a good heart. Um, I yeah. think I think she's a good she's mother. I want to meet. Yeah, I think that me and Sherry could actually be friends and keep. And she's from Chicago, right? And get drunk together. So I actually like Sherry, which is why I'm coming from a place of love. Mm-hmm. This the comedy routines are too contrived. You are a talk show host. Be in the moment. Yeah, and that's the only thing that's missing. If she was killing it, you know, I'm not a hater. I would have said she was killing she's it. She's from Chicago, and her son name is Jeffrey. So Jeffrey's biased. So I am gonna, going to listen. I'm speaking this into. I'm going to manifest. We're going to go into the next topic because Jeffrey's already shown that he has a bias towards <laughs> Sherry Shepard that I did not know about. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. Next up, we have the uh, infamous Drake hot sauce gate. Oh my god! How do you? Okay. That, that, For those oh. who don't know, <laughs> let me get the audience on board because some people they get their news from us and they don't know what's happening. Drake apparently has a video vixen or an Instagram model. I don't know what that means. I think if you have Wi-Fi and you have nice underwear, you're an Instagram model. But there's a girl with an Instagram account who is saying that she went on a date with Drake allegedly and that they had um, sex and that he went in the bathroom and threw away the condom and she went in the bathroom and was trying to get a a bag. (laughs) She took the condom and tried to shove it up her vagine and started burning and that's when Drake ran in and said, I'm so sorry, I put hot sauce in it to kill my sperm. 
Now, I'm not Perry Mason. I'm not a lawyer. But there are several holes in this story. Number one, exactly. hot sauce is red exactly. or green or various other colors. Yes. Why were you shoving pink at the lightest substances? I mean, after seeing that, you actually should have been walking out asking some questions. Why is your like... semen bleeding? Like, are you serious? Right. And also, too, if Drake caught somebody trying to impregnate themselves, I doubt that he would be apologetic. Exactly. The whole story felt But also, the only thing I was thinking is like, oh, what if she went, you know, you go to the bathroom in the middle of the night sometimes, you don't turn the lights on. What if, uh-huh. you know, she ain't had the lights on? And ended up accidentally shoving a condom in her vagina? I mean, she knew she was looking for it, but not turned the lights on, just like, let me reach in. So you're shoving it. a condom in you in the dark. I'm you, not. You understand man. how bad, this story is, is devolving. Oh, yeah, so I think it's trash. I think it's all fake. It's just a moment she was looking for. It made a funny moment, because I saw a lot of memes with, like, Drake with hot sauce and different He actually stuff. left Sriracha and had a whole post that he dedicated to his that's girlfriend, the, Sriracha, Drake, so that's funny. That's the sponsorship right there. I, I don't I don't think Drake needs it. He don't need it. I would just but cut to, to troll. If yeah. I was Drake, I would do it just to troll. I feel like Drake prints on money in Canada. I feel like the Canadian Treasury just lets him have a machine next to his bed and he just turns it like oh butter and prints his own 20s. Seriously. Um, the next topic I want, so we don't believe her, right? Because my thing was, oh, I don't, yeah, believe, I don't believe the story at all. When I first heard it, it was funny, but I was like, no. His response was he, he had a picture of him looking forlornly at some flowers because Drake is such a fuckboy. I love him. He's my toxic king. See, a good fuckboy, right? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I'm acknowledging it's bad, like junk food, but I, I still like, like listen, it. I'm going to start a club. And he wrote, uh, please don't. Yeah, the, good, the good guy fuckboy. No, we're not getting to We're going to actually, that's next hot topic wait for that and he, he said in his comment you can have your 15 minutes i'll take the other 23 hours and 45 minutes bars so even when you are talking ill of drake he's still thinking about his next album okay. um jeffrey thank you for helping me segue okay. speaking of fuck boys this is that's, that's something you want to align yourself with so you might want to stop right now Uh-oh. we're going to be talking about what happened with fresh and fit those two men with microphones pretend to be podcasters who went viral earlier oh. this month for- Reiner, right yeah, well, Brittany Grant was, was was a response to them. Like yeah. she, that was the second wave. But if you don't know, there's these two podcasters. I'm not gonna repeat their names. So if you didn't hear it, rewind it. And they are not very bright. I've watched several of their clips. They're not very bright. But they make their living off of saying inflammatory things about women. Right mm-hmm. now, there's this new thing that's happening. You know what incels are, right? No. So Dylan Roof and a lot of serial killers or mass shooters are incels. They're considered young men who have been rejected by women are bitter because they don't know how to deal with their emotions and then become violently angry at the object of their affection. That was a very nice way of saying ugly people. No, I mean... (laughs) That was a very PC way of saying they can't get no play. So so there's a a crop of young white men called um, incels who are known for being very violent because they don't know how to deal with rejection. Unfortunately, it's also made its way into the black community. Yeah. And it's now called the manosphere, right? And there's these men who they're convinced that everything wrong with the world is because black women women. are difficult and loud and have opinions and are getting PhDs, right? And it's a very sad thing to watch because gender wars has become a way for people to make headlines and make money. But it's destroying our community. Yeah. Like, nobody wins when everybody's infighting, especially when none of the arguments actually make Makes sense. sense. And there was this article that I read, and I really want you guys to look it up. It's by this young lady named Nicole Young. And her article is called My Brush with the Black Manosphere. And she discusses what happens when she accidentally ends up on a date with one of these hateful men. Mm. In the article, she says, um, in her, and I'm going to quote her, like the white manosphere, the black manosphere is right-wing and politically conservative. Um, she said... Um, the guy that she went on a date with he proudly told her that even though he was a black man, he voted for Trump twice. Wow. It's content creators perpetuate the belief that black women, not systemic or economic oppression, but black women are to blame for any inequities in black people, black people, especially when it comes to black men. And basically they're saying that everything is your fault. 
you need to call your mother and a therapist and have some group, like a group session, because that doesn't even make sense. You know, patriarchy is a thing. At all. And what's interesting is a lot of young black men are falling into this. So when you watch men say, why she got to be the prize? Why can't I be the prize? Or why should a date be more than $10? That's all very, that's incel talk. Because basic things that should not be an issue, yeah. you're looking for any reason to be mad at black women. Now, I wrote a, um, a, a thread, an event earlier today where I went off about how I'm tired of gender wars. I think it's stupid. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even think it's real. I think people are just trying to get clicks and likes and me, whatever. Everything is about clicks and likes. And, and likes. a lot of these men, instead of like getting therapy or like finding their fathers, they get a podcast. They get, exactly. <laughs> so let's discuss actually, toxic men in their podcast, oh my guys. God, I sent you a, um, a DM today. If you haven't got a chance, we'll get on you guys. I watched it. Did, that's it was, it was completely on spot. But... Let me tell you how perfect Jeffrey is. Jeffrey sent me. A, a DM that literally was a video of a man making fun of of toxic masculine yes. podcasts, not yes. knowing it was going to be a topic today. Didn't even know it. How do you feel about your brothers? Because y'all have to check them. Because they're not going to listen to me. I'm the problem, apparently. Listen. Men, listen, please, because I need y'all to check your brothers. I, uh, and keep it a buck. Keep it a buck. I just, it's, honestly, the, shut up. <laughs> literally, <laughs> Wait, all thought, it is. I thought the just, advice was going to be nuanced. Shut up. Yeah. It's like men telling women how to act, how they should behave, how they are, what they, as a man, I don't know what a black woman goes through. At all. On her day-to-day, physically, when you look in the mirror, I don't know what you go through. I only know the things that me as a man, as a black man, that I go through. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I can relate and say, oh, we as black men, this is black men, this is net. But I can never say, well, black women are X, Y, and Z. Black women do X, Y, and Z because I don't know. Yeah. And you know what's so funny, too? I also wonder if it's a generational thing. Because Jeffrey invited me to a dinner party, I think a week. Was it a week or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, yeah. Two weeks ago. And I was surrounded by all these amazing men that I I really enjoy. But they're all, like, a a little bit older in their 30s than the men that are usually doing this. Mm -hmm. And when I was explaining this to them before the article came out, like, Dave was there. He looked shocked. He was like, are you sure? Like, they were like, this is a thing? I was like, no, y'all don't understand. Oh, it's a thing. Your little brothers are out here messing up. And Jeffrey was cooking an amazing meal for us. Jeffrey, we're going to talk about your cooking later. Okay. So Jeffrey was in the kitchen cooking an amazing meal for us. You didn't hear the conversation. Th- these older black men, and by, by older I mean over 33. Kevin Samuels. <laughs> yeah, they were shocked about how the young men were being led astray by the Kevin Samuels of the world. Mm-hmm. And I had to explain to them, like, no, you're find your little brothers and talk to them. Yeah. They're hurting. And they sound stupid. Yeah. And so the fact that this has now become a popular thing to drag now in the past two weeks, I, again, I feel like a prophet. I feel so vindicated because I know a couple of them in real life, and they always have really bad arguments, and within 10 minutes, they have nothing to say to me. Perfect example. A lot of these men say, because let's be honest, at the crux of it, these young men are watching Instagram. They're mm-hmm. seeing Quavo and Future and mm-hmm. Drake and Ballers, yes. who they can't compete with. You, cannot, you get, are not that person. Getting women that, women that they th- think they can't get. And because misogyny won't let you be mad at other men, yeah. you direct your rage towards the women instead. Yeah. So you're not even mad at the women. You're mad at the men that you can't yeah. compete with, but because, you're directing it towards women. And it's a lot of times because they'll look at like a Soldier Boy or Quavo, any of those, and they'll just think, oh, that dude's skinny, less attractive, whatever, than, you know, How regular. How come he gets all the How bitches? All your... Right. You, you don't have that coin. I understand why women pass up a lot of you niggas to go for... Uh, what's in that Kodak Black? <laughs> oh, God, that's hilarious. But you know what's so funny, though, is a lot of the men that I talk to, though, who say they're, they're good dudes, but yeah. there's, some, there's a hybrid of guys who are good dudes, but you can tell at the barbershop they listen a little bit too closely to, oh, the, yeah. to the toxic ones. To the, yeah. So they're good-ish, is yeah. what I call them. They're trying to fit in. Yeah, they're trying to fit in. So they're trying to like make sense, but they also don't make sense. I was talking to one recently, and he was like, you guys always say that black men don't date black women, but like most of my friends date black And here's the funny thing. Statistically speaking, black men actually do date black women. But the ones who are high profile are the ones 
who tend to want a, a non-black trophy. And there's been stats around this, right? And so he was like, I wish black women weren't acting like we don't date y'all. We re- the real guys in real life outside of social media, we do date y'all. And that's a touche, but pause though. In the same respect, most black women date men who make less than them because we, we make the most money. Mm-hmm. But y'all swear we're all gold diggers. So how are you telling me, not to compare you to a football player, but you're comparing me to his girlfriend? Right. You're a hypocrite. When I tell you it was crickets, he didn't have a comeback for that. My thing is what I have heard, and this is this okay, black men are the only men that I have ever heard say, I do not like black women. Yep. I never hear Indian men saying that about Indian women, Asian men saying that about Asian women. I don't even hear white men saying that about white women. Well, well they're the top of the food chain. They can't say right. that. Yeah. But black men will out of their mouth say, I do not like black women. Yeah. And I'm like, ain't your mama black? Your mama? Your, your dad? Your grandma? Do you have siblings? Do you have a sister? Like, How about grandma? Do you like her? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it's one. Now, again, I think, yeah, you can love. Look, love is love. Love is yeah. one love. I don't mind people dating because sometimes, also, depending where you grow up, if that's all that's around you, mm-hmm. that's fine. But to single out and specifically say, I do not like black My women. My own. That is, I it's self loathing, it. and you know, there's no way to make it not self loathing because a lot of people get try to get academic about it, like, well, you know, they make us feel better. No, 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 it's self loathing. You make you feel. And when Brian and I, when Brian was on the show, we talked about this. I say that I'm not against interracial relationships. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, y'all. I have no yeah. street cred. Okay, <laughs> I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. It's the whitest place in the north. If you are not living in the south, like it is, Boston is notoriously racist, right? Bo- uh, Boston is notoriously racist unless like you're in academia. I went to private school, so I was surrounded by all types of people. Okay. And so I could I would look crazy saying I don't believe in interracial relationships because like a lot of people I know were interracial because out of necessity. You know who has I'm sorry who has who? the highest population of uh, interracial relationships? Who? Minneapolis, Minnesota. I spent four weeks there. It is literally like interracial capital. I th- I think oh, I think uh, San Francisco might 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 be. Oh, no, um, Minneapolis. Vi- no, I'm saying visually they they might oh. be shocked to hear that. Oh, oh, <laughs> you remember yeah, when yeah. Too Short went viral for saying well he's from everybody's mix, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, because somebody was from there pointed it out to me and told me, and I was like, and then I started paying attention. I'm like, wait, everybody's it's black and white, black and white, black and white, black and white. Again, like, necessity. Everybody. But here's what I was trying to say though. Like I don't have a problem with who you date. I have a problem with why you date them. Mm. If you are running towards love and that person just happens to be a different race, I don't give a Great. shit. You love them. Love it. Great. But if you're running from your people, yes. we got a fucking problem. Yes. Because that's self-loathing. That has nothing to do with love. Mm-hmm. And so all these men who intentionally run from love and then say, my our, our, our babies are going to save the world because all we need is a bunch of mixed babies. <laughs> not if their daddies hate blackness. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Mixed person are not going like, to save the world if, you're, if they're, their black parents still what, hate being black. I'm just always like, what was that trigger that makes you say, oh, I do not like black women? Oh, I know what the trigger is. The trigger is, number one, if the black girls, because you know black women are very quick, if they mm-hmm. made you feel rejected and not cute, and because a lot of times... Step um, your game up. No, let me finish. Though. A lot of times, white girls or Asian girls are taught to anything black is considered cool. Mm. So you could be the nerdiest, most corniest black dude, yeah. but you're a fetish to a white girl because she doesn't know to gauge you the same way because you're exotified. Right. So even in that scenario, you're not a person, you're a fetish, right? Mm. And so, because if you're dating a woman who loves you, she's going to check you regardless of her race. So a white girl who actually loves you is going to talk to you the same way a black girl who loves you would talk to you. Mm-hmm. It's only girls who tokenize you. Think about Emily from Love Ooh. Life, Marx's wife at the beginning. Oh God, ex- don't <laughs> ruin sorry, Love we Life. We keep coming back to Love Life. We don't want, want to ruin it. But Marcus and Love Life is actually like this is a great segue. You're right. He's actually dating a woman who very much fetishizes him being black. Mm-hmm. So all the people I know who are in interracial relationships that are real and go towards love, 
those girls talk to their boyfriends the way any black woman I know talks to their yeah. boyfriends. There's no difference. So women who loves you is going to always check you. So you can't use, use I don't want accountability because white girls are easier. First of all, you're dissing them. White women still have minds and they can still think and critique. So yeah. you're not even giving her a compliment, right? right? And also, too, I think we need to start, start being honest about the fact that we want blackness as long as it's not on the black woman. So you, you want my lips, just not me. You want my ass, just not me. You want my flavor, just not me. And so commodifying blackness and, and using it as something that they can sell out to other people has not made men think, oh, if I find a white girl and I'm already black, yeah. we can have these designer babies. And, and then, that's kind of gross, guys. And summer 2020 happened. You spend the whole pandemic explaining to them why we're mad. Oh, now you see found something you don't like. It's all fun and games until you are with somebody who's fetishized you, and now it's 2020, you're in the pandemic. You're in George, pandemic. George, George Floyd, Floyd has died, Black Lives and Matter. you can't talk to her parents and, about it because they voted for Trump. Like, exactly. And now she's getting awkward, right? Right. right. Now you want to call your home. You want to call Chanel. Now to you're calling you. your, the black girl that you wouldn't give the time right. of day to to console you because you think that she's not good enough to date. But mm -hmm. let's not even get into it. So in summation... Jeffrey said, shut up. I thought I thought his uh, feedback was going to be more nuanced than that. My feedback is, you're hurt. This all smells oh, like hurt. Yeah, that's definitely... Um, uh, They're just, just Nobody ignorant. who... No, like It's willful ignorance. Nobody healed talks like this. Yeah. And but, stop using preference as your, your way to hide vitriol. You know, it's not a preference if you hate yourself. Right. Sometimes I just wonder, like, at this point, because everything is... I think just anything on social media is all about clickbait. Yeah, it is. I'm wondering, do a lot of them actually believe what they say? Because a part yeah. of me is like... Is Kevin Samuels for real drinking his own Kool-Aid, or is he just saying something to get views and get people to watch? And I think he's a homosexual, so I don't even think he cares about any kind of woman. <laughs> exactly. So, so he really don't make those statements he make about black women. He really don't believe. And we're so, everybody on the stage is queer guys, so we're not being yeah. like gay bashing. No, whatever. Yeah, I, 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 we just Kevin, think he's family. He's Kevin, under the rainbow with the rest of us. Kevin, girl, <laughs> honey. There's a video of Kevin Samuels who was actually doing a um a, a episode of his show and he accidentally flipped his camera and there was a man lying in his bed. <laughs> and he he was like, oop, and then he flipped it back and went right back. He's like, hey, there's a man in the bed. Like he just saw him for the first time. Oh, You've been staring at him laying in the bed the whole time, sir. So Kevin Samuels, like being a self-loathing black man who might be in the closet. <laughs> it was a rotund black man laid out in the bed like he had just had a full meal. That's not your producer, okay. but okay. All right. That's a whole other thing. Let's pivot now to speaking of accountability. Again, I'm okay. trying to do the segues more. Um, did you hear about the Tasha K Cardi B case? I did hear about it, but I didn't. I don't know. About I'm not. It. I'm not going to go too much into it. But the, uh, for those of you who don't know, like Jeff, Tasha yeah. K is a very, very malicious YouTuber who just says flagrantly horrible things about people. Really? Like she says things that are so wild. I'm like, how have you not been sued earlier? R worse than Kaya. She said that the brat and and Lisa Ray aren't sisters; they're lovers. Like she says crazy shit, or she'll be like, so and so has have AIDS. You listen to the Queen's Court. <laughs> let me, let me, well, she said the one thing. She said she said uh, I think Jason or somebody had AIDS. She oh. said the Cardi's like she makes all like somebody malicious to somebody in Cardi's family. Oh. She says like things that are nasty. Okay. So Cardi sued her. Make an example of her. She won the case. I think that she won $3.8 million. Okay. And we were talking about it on the on the show earlier this week. And I was like, I remember, and guys, don't make, make me feel old, but I had my first uh, website because back then we didn't have blogs. That's how old I am, right. guys. We didn't have black blogs back in the day. So I had my first website in the year 2000 before the word blog was invented. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually, a year or two later, the word blog was invented and we all switched to blogging. Back then, we just had our own URLs. And in 20 years, it's taken the law 20 years to catch up with the blogosphere. They're now just figuring out how to make bloggers accountable for, for malicious intent and defamation. Mm. Now that a blogger who is so popular with a million subscribers is being has lost $4 million because of this, it's going to create a precedent. So now, that, even if you're not a journalist, but you're a blogger, yeah. you can still be sued for talking crazy. Because they didn't know how to really regulate the internet. You know, yeah. at the time it was new and it's like, oh, you know, freedom of speech. Okay, what's 
when versus on TV versus when it's online, you know, print versus digital. Freedom of speech does not mean you're free from consequences. That's the thing. So my thing is, do you think that because people, celebrities are starting to make examples and suing people, that these bloggers will now be tread more lightly with the way that they are moving? Yeah, seeing that she lost that amount of money because that's what it's about. It's about Four again, million it's dollars. all click. Everything is clickbait. People need an audience, so it definitely will make them watch what they say uh, more. You know what's so interesting? Um, while I was getting ready for the show, I was listening to the read. Shout out to the read. They paved the way for so many of us. Love you guys, the read. The what's read going is, on, I mean, uh, Kid Fury? Kid Fury, you almost said his real name, so I had to catch myself. I had to catch yourself, but like I love the read. But the funny thing is, at the end of the show, they always go in on someone who they think is like living wrong. Mm-hmm. This episode, Crystal went in on B. Scott. Oh, I haven't listened yet <gasps> because she said <gasps> she thought it was disgusting that B. Scott's team wrote exclusive Regina King's son di- dies of suicide oh. before Regina King had a, a chance to talk to anybody. And she was like, the fact that you were so thirsty for clicks. Ooh. that you, And not only did you break the story, but you called it an exclusive. Like you like you were like, ah, look what oh. we got. She said that she cussed him. like, And you know, I love B. Scott. I like B. But I, I, had, I was like, you guys might have to take the L on this one. Yeah. So what is that line when, when mind you, Regina King is one of those actresses it's who like, that is one nobody of has a problem with black Regina. sweetheart. Like you don't mess. And she's mainstream. White folks love her. Black folks love her. Asian right. folks love her. She is for like she's from L.A. She's a local girl yeah. who made good. Like Regina King is royalty. She's Regina Ben one King. Of the, she's one of those girls that's off limits. She's like, off limits. Yeah. And you did that to Regina King. Like it would have been bad to anybody, but yeah. you did it to Regina King. So my question Dang. is like, what's that line? If you had been B. Scott, and you have found out before anybody that Regina King's son committed suicide. That's one. I'm sorry. You just let the other blogs and other people have. I personally just. And you I don't, don't put the word exclusive. Exclusive. Right. That was tacky. I mean, I would, even, of course, print it, but right. I would wait until at least Regina has mentioned it. Ask for a statement. And it's not about being. That's, that's one point where your audience will come to you to see what you have to say about it. Yeah. Exclusive is when you're trying to, like. Break the story. Break the story, grab all the attention. So, yeah, that's one where you, I think, sorry, she took the L. And I know her editor, too, and I like him as well, but yeah. Oh, and they got defensive. They were actually cussing out the audience who was pointing it out, saying, well, if it a white publication had done it don't do the race card when you're wrong don't do that because people eventually got the statement from her but you know what this is one of the times where she's a relationship with people magazine let them let them get that out first and then you comment on it but if if you're from the culture you have to think about how you're impacting us this is a painful story it's so and then i'm trying now now's where i'm playing devil's advocate trying Mm -hmm. to be both sides but at the same time you know you have this huge platform this is what you know you do and everything do you the word exclusive probably could have been taken off. Oh no, a hundred percent. It was disgusting. Yeah, but I understand why it's like, oh, be the first to break to break the story. But here's the thing though, because B. Scott and his whole thingy is about being for the culture and being inclusive and not tone deaf. Actually, I'm gonna get back on your side because you yeah. know what? I'm so sorry. I just listened to because uh, I, I listened to B. Scott's podcast exactly. And in the last episode that was out, it was an interview where um he was on the real Cynthia Bailey was guest hosting and she talked about how, why she likes to be respected as a podcaster. Them. He, I think, I, I think them. The I'm so sorry. Them, if yeah. I'm, I'm going to do really apologize if I'm messing up the pronouns. Um, but Cynthia said in that interview, she said something that was really like, she was shit talking. Mm-hmm. And after the interview, she called uh, B mm-hmm. and asked if it could be taken out mm-hmm. and B took it out because he wanted to, she, they B, B wanted to uphold just you know just that their relationship was good and everything exactly and now for me i'm like you don't do that because then it's also like oh if you like other people didn't say names but you know who probably hit that show it would have been in there but 
you can't pick and choose the moral high ground. Yeah. Especially when you rely so much on the your community to have your back. Yeah. When B was Sorry, blacklisted B. from BET and was going through all that transphobia with BET, and luckily because Lena Waithe is a champion of, uh, of theirs, got them back on BET and, and BET made amends for that for that very transphobic mistake. Yeah. You were relying on the community to help you during a moment of tone deafness. Yeah. So you can't in turn then do us dirty when you're relying on our grace all the time. I guess, you know what, the only thing that I would like to say... Um, but I will say that I think Beast still has an opportunity to make it right and say, you know what, now that we've thought about it, you were right. It was a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Next time we'll do better. So I'm yeah. hoping that yeah. B cleans it up. I was just going to say, for me, I honestly just want to say, what was the intention behind it? To have an exclusive. That word exclusive. <laughs> the minute you were exclusive, you ain't got to say shit else. I know, I know exactly what you're was it, This was is not Scooby-Doo mystery, y'all. Because, of course, it does fall on B because it is B's platform, exactly. B's website. But was it like... The person who wrote it was B was named as the writer, or let me tell you, who uploaded it? It's B's platform, and they doubled down. So it wasn't like it was a mistake. They doubled down and was swinging towards the rafters at the people who were critiquing that. It's about intention. Was your intention to whoop it up on um, Instagram and social media? They had you at the first word. They were an exclusive. Yeah, uh, on the backs of 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 a of a dead black child. You know, and that's that that, that saddens me. Let's let's grow from it. Let's find out. I hope, and the funny thing is, until Crystal said it, I didn't know what was happening, but by the time Crystal was done, I was like, damn, somebody needs to call B. I need to go listen. I haven't listened to this week's episode yet. So yeah, I I'm, we have mutual friends. I almost hit one of them up like, y'all, can y'all make sure that B listens to this because this is bad. Yeah. But this is a perfect example of why we started out this episode talking about how I wrote an article saying, I do not agree with a lot of things that Kanye West says. I'm not a yes man just because he's one degree of separation and involved with people from my team. But I do agree that even when we disagree with him, dehumanizing one of the richest black men in, in the in the culture with such a huge impact just because we disagree with him is a very slippery slope, right? Because you know I believe in accountability culture, not cancel culture. Yeah. You know what's interesting with Kanye? Um, Honestly, it was a period where I did kind of write Kanye off. Oh, I did too. We all did. Kanye wrote Kanye know, off for a little he, bit. Right, when he went to go see Trump. Honestly, when he moved into the Harriet The Harriet Tubman thing. The Harriet Tubman thing, the gospel album. Lost honestly, me. and I know. The only reason I'm, but, but here's the thing though, never did I dehumanize him. But no, so that's the thing. I don't know. I what can be it mad is. and disgusted recently, and not dehumanize you. Again, watching him on that episode of Drink Champs, which was my first time ever seeing Drink Champs, I didn't even know that. You need to watch this interview because it was it was, it was even more I'm like obsessed with that show. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. You you know what the first episode was. I said you showed it to me. Mm-hmm. That was. Mm. I introduced Jeffrey to Jim Champs. Yes. Um, before we get on, it on, blew my mind. Let me tell you something about that, and this is going to be. We're not going to talk about the first episode we watched. No, we we are. So, so the, the here's the thing, guys. Because I am self produced. Um, I have a special announcement to make in a future episode about a partnership that we're getting into with the yes, show. Yay, yes, so exciting. Yes. Um, but because I'm self-produced and I'm out here, part of my resolution is, is not to spend so much money because I spend a lot of money. <laughs> the problem with having rich friends and not being rich is that you don't realize that you, you're acting a fool. You also are, right. Until you're like, wait, I can't afford that. Like, what am I doing? Because <laughs> next to my friends, I'm frugal. Next to real life, I'm not, right? And so I, because I'm self-produced and I, I pay for the show and studio time on my own, I'm trying to be very, very intentional about how I spend money, like what I do. I've been cooking my own meals. I've been very proud of myself. And I had like a 10-day, no, 15 days of no alcohol, cooking my own meals, X, Y, and Z. And then I went on BuzzFeed and saw this What's that? Is it Victor? This British guy, I think his name is Victor, on BuzzFeed mm. UK, did this video that I saw at two o'clock in the morning oh. <laughs> after smoking some weed about Popeye's chicken. And this chocolate melanin king made Popeye's chicken look they like. They just got Popeye's made, in the UK. The UK just That's got why it. They, yeah. If you watch this video, I actually want to make this a challenge. It's impossible to watch the whole video and not find yourself 
wearing some Popeyes. Even if you're a vegan, you're probably going to try to make a vegan yeah, version of it. Yeah. So I watched this, and then the next day I'm supposed to see Jeff. And Jeff was like, oh, what do you want to get to eat? And I was like, Jeff, what do you want to get to eat? He was like, pizza. I was like, you want chicken? He was like, how about sushi? I was like, chicken? Right, right. I was like, Everything sushi? he said. I was like, you want chicken? I named every food you could think you of. You want chicken? He was he, like, okay, so chicken. He was like, bitch, okay, fine. I said, gonna... <laughs> how about we just get what you want? And I said, Jeff, I need you not to judge me. I've been eating clean this whole year. But this man had this thing. And if you watch it, you'd want chicken too. That night, Jeffrey came Listen. over. With the most superhuman edible I've ever had, it was. It said it was twenty milligrams. I think it was a hundred, and we ate the edible. I made him watch it. Let me tell you, no, we, but see, this is the thing. We had the Popeyes way before. I before even saw, I never saw the video. I just knew that we were having Popeyes because now, chicken. Mind you, Popeyes is number one fast food chicken, the hands down. Period. Oh wow, that's Say a bold statement. Chick Fil A is, is, is has twenty four no. hours to respond. Chicken, okay, <laughs> um, but that was hands down the best. Popeyes, and I used to live around the corner from a twenty-four hour Popeyes. Damn! So I used to get Popeyes on the regular. All you guys, this is why Jeffrey works out three times a day. That was the best pop. The chicken sandwich. We had sandwiches, chicken, and we made our own video. We we remade the video actually. It was so good. But Jeffrey, like, tell me this, right? And this is why influencers really do get their should get more clout because they. I felt influenced. Yeah, yeah. Because we ate the Popeyes first. Yeah. And it was good. Yes. But then we had the edible. And then watch the video and ate the Popeyes again. Yes. And suddenly it tasted yeah. like It did sex. make me want to eat the, what we had left. Yep. It, the Popeyes tasted different after watching the video. Yeah. We were influenced. He did a really great job with that So video. influencers really do be, be influencing you even when you know what's happening. Yeah. I was like, Jeffrey, I feel like sh- a sheep right now. Like yes. I'm eating the, At one point, I'm watching the video. And in the video, he takes the skin off the crispy of the Popeyes. And he's like, sometimes you could just put some fries in it and make, make a skin, skin sandwich. <laughs> Jeffrey, well, who, you know, I have one of those fancy love sacks. Those like $1,500 like big old poofs in my, my living room. Jeffrey rolled off the love sack high crawled towards the box I just of ch- need more chicken <laughs> crawled towards the box of chicken and mind you I like- how was I not supposed to eat it <laughs> <laughs> this shows my friendship with Jeffrey I have been laying low for this month because you know shaking baby syndrome I, I was been overstimulated I keep seeing this baby aside from my cleaning lady you're the only person I've let in my house and my makeup artist okay I sound bougie God, I was being on a budget <laughs> okay clean but, up uh, didn't you just say you was broke girl <laughs> I didn't say I was broke I said I was on a budget just a difference <laughs> But aside from my cleaning lady and my makeup artist, Jeffrey, you're the only person who I've let in my house so far this really? year. Oh, yeah, Blue's house is so comfortable. And you that got me high and had me eating chicken. I sure did. <laughs> we ate that chicken. We watched Drink Champ. We, we and that's how you end up watching your first episode of Drink Champ. First Tramp. episode of Drink Champ. It was so good. It, I was like, this is a whole show for real. But I, but I felt like we kind of had a Drink Champ situation because you know we have new producers who don't know that we drink. Hey, new producers, but like we usually have brown liquor, yeah, we and, do have the, liquor up here, yeah. and do the same thing. But like I, I I'm trying oh, to. Yeah, the alcohol is going to be back next week, guys. And I want you to know, I only drink alcohol really when I'm on the show or socializing, although I've been socializing a lot Me lately. Me too. I realize yeah. I don't have any alcohol in the house, and I've been here now like uh, two and a half, three weeks, maybe three weeks. People who drink out the bottle when they're sad in those TV shows, I don't get it. doesn't ever occur to me. Outside of champagne, the taste of just alcohol by itself is disgusting. You need to mix some sort, even if it's just soda, you need a mixer. Can we talk about champagne real quick? I love it. So I'm gonna say something right now. Not talk bad about it. Another thing about having rich friends again, I'm not, I'm the broke one of the group. I'm not broke, but compared (laughs) to these motherfuckers, I am. They always want to have 1942 and create like, oh, yeah, and all types of stuff. And like, I went to Hino, you know, Hollywood Hino. Mm-hmm. So, for those who don't know Hollywood Hino, he's a celebrity, he's a boxer and a celebrity trainer. Um, he's Drake's trainer. So, if you like Champagne Poppy's new physique, you have Hollywood Hino to thank for that. We're actually gonna have him on the show at some point. So, yeah, he wants to be on the show. So, he mo- hush, he know, also helped him work out. He know, I, mean, I yeah, saw you were checking the gym, Gino. I'm just saying, but <laughs> Hino's a boxer, and so he invited me and a couple other folks to his house to. Um, watch the game 
Now, watching boxing with a boxer is very mm. different than watching with lay people. Okay. First of all, why are we in a home theater? Like, what's happening? Like, is this the AMC? Like, boxing pays well. You know, your house is gorgeous. Your life is gorgeous. But at one point, I realized that there was champagne just flowing from the rafters. Like, they were pouring it like it was soda. And when, by the end of it, his girlfriend, I was like, how much champagne did we have tonight, y'all? She said, we only like 14 bottles. I'm like, who drinks 14 right. bottles? There was six of us. Oh, you definitely need at least a good 15 to 20 bottles. Six people? Yeah. Y'all, this is what it's like living. This is the why greatest, I'm on a budget, y'all, because L.A. is different. The invention of life was the bottomless brunch. You are my people. But I, champagne is, is a different kind of uh, high, um, hangover, though. I don't get hangover because I'm a day party drinker, so I'm usually sleep with plenty yeah, of time to sleep it off. I had been drinking juices and berries and, 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 and salads for three weeks before y'all started pouring champagne all over my head last week. Love champagne. Champagne is... is, is now is, my thing is uh, sparkling pink rosé. I My like pink rosé is pink, duh. I'm yeah, sorry. Rose sparkling rosé. Y'all know what I meant. No, I like I like the sparkling rosé. Okay, so for the next episode that Jeff's on... I think I was talking about Moscato. Moscato <laughs> is a Capri Sun for adults. Right. But you, at one point in time, when Moscato first came out... It's true. Niggas was on it. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'll drink Moscato, but to me, it's juice. It's not alcohol. I don't even touch Moscato. No. Well, I can't because the sugar content. Exactly. At it's this, a dessert wine. That's what a lot of people didn't know. At, at my big age, I can't be wine. drinking Moscato like it's anything more than juice. Um, Jeff, I can't believe that the show is about to end soon. No. Um, I want to quickly shout out the people who have passed away, like in oh, memoriam. We started with that and jumped right over it. Because we're real friends. Yeah. You can always tell that we're real friends in real life. I don't even feel like we did a podcast. I we feel like got to Betty. You know, I know. I mean, <laughs> Betty, first of all, I need you to understand, white America, um, we share Betty White with we you. We share Betty White. We consider her light skin. Um, she, Listen, we love her. Social media when uh, that guy he She's did the remake people. of the theme song. With Thank the you for version. being a friend. Oh, right. oh, oh. That is the best. Like Like I'm telling you, we slice things, but no, we love Betty. There are some people in this world. This is why I always say when people think that being pro black means you're anti white. I, I say bullshit. Not at all. If you're good to black people, we won't even blink to accept you. Listen, we we be waiting to accept y'all. Like just be nice to us, right, Betty? White is a perfect example. I was watching. I'm sorry, and circling back, I was watching The View today. Christina Ricci was on. Every time I see her, I'm just like, that's Wednesday. Yeah, we like, we love her. We love her. We love like white folks who are actually non problematic. It's the ones who are that's questionable. What it is, yeah. But Betty White back in the day, and the funny thing is, I watched a documentary about Betty White two days before she died. You know, I have, oh, wow. I have a bit of a gift, y'all. I felt it. I was like, I feel like watching something about Betty White, and I literally searched for Betty White documentary. Oh wow. Forty eight hours, like, she was gone. Like I. It, it, it freaked me out a little bit. In the documentary, they talked about how back in the fifties, she had a show, like a variety show, because she literally had an eighty, like an eighty-year career, mm -hmm. and she had a black guy in her band, and he was heavily oh, featured. Yes, 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 like he yes. was front and center. Yes. He wasn't in the back. He yep. was front and center. And they said, "We're gonna cancel you if you take him off." She was yes. like, "They cancel, cancel, cancel us. We're not taking yep. him off." Mm -hmm. She was an ally before it was yes. a word because before she was a, she was a was, decent yes. human being. Yes. But let's not get stuck on Betty. See, keep on getting stuck know, on Betty. Betty. All right, rest in peace. So we lost oh. Betty. We lost Sidney Poitier. You see how it's different, right? Sidney Poitier was was a, a black man who was legendary. But we, we're not sure he always wanted to be black. So right. you see how we talked about Betty first. But you know what? Let me tell you though. Sidney Portier is one legend. He, legend but he is one of those actors who I met him back in 2000. Uh, it was either 12 or 13. At Jeffrey this, has an acting back background, guys. Yeah, Go ahead. I do. Yeah. Like, um, no, but at this um, event um, that Kevin Hart was hosted before he was Kevin Hart. Right. It was so good. But at the end, you know, everybody's meeting people. You have a lot of legends there. Robert Townsend is there. King Darby Wayans is there. Just so many. Jennifer the Lewis, OGs. Loretta Devine, Marla Gibbs. I met all of these women. But Sidney Poitier was there. And of course, I want to get a photo with Sidney Poitier. Of course. Long ass line. Everybody, myself, including all the other A-listers and Hollywood people that were there, Finally, I got up to him. You know, can I get a photo? They're trying to move people along. We took a photo. 
and I looked at it, and it was kind of blurry. I don't know if he was watching me or not, but he stopped me. He was like, come here, young man. You know, you know that voice? Young man. Young mm-hmm. man. The voice of God. He said, I don't think you like that photo. Come on, let's take another. It like literally stopped all these, all of these people I are waiting that. and stopped it and said, gave it back to whoever, whoever was taking the photo. And we took a photo, which I posted, um, you know, when he passed on my page and everything. But I will always remember him for that moment. No, Sidney Partier, like, let, me, let me clarify real quick because we do have to like leave for time. Sidney oh. Partier loved black people, but he was from an era where black people were taught that the promised land was being as white as possible. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the things that we judge him for are because he was from a different era. Yeah. You had to be white assimilating to survive. And so he was from a different time. He was from a different time, yeah. But he still loved us. But like sometimes when you see the things that he said, you cringe a little bit like, oh, that didn't age well. He's one of those Sydney never forgot he was black, but he knew when he walked out the door he had to assimilate. Right. <laughs> and so we lost Betty White, Sidney Poitier, Meatloaf, Louis Anderson, Anderson. Andre Leon Talley. We could do a whole segment on him alone. Bob Saget, Peter Roberts, who y'all don't know is the voice of Charlie Brown. I like, oh, like, like I'm telling you, everybody's been dropping. But what you saying, um, Bob Saget? He was another one that fits with the Betty Whites. Black people love Bob. Danny Tanner. He sold dirty drugs though. That man was nasty. If you really look at <laughs> Bob Saget, was a nasty man. But yes. we loved him. So a lot of people have passed away. And so one of the things that I I really thought about was powerful in the Kanye op-ed that I wrote. And this is not me shouting myself out. Although if you want to yourself out, if you want if you want to look up the 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 article that I wrote that Kanye West reposted. If uh, I wasn't gonna hit your mic, I would come patch you. Right, called it's time that we humanize Kanye. West, it's on HollywoodUnlocked.com. Um, one of the things that he said was, "Why do we wait until people are past to give them their flowers?" Yes, he's like, "I want to give everybody their flowers while they're still here." And there's a pureness in that that I do believe from him, right? Like, kind of at the end of the day, I, I still see that Gemini little boy who just wants to be a, a creative. Mm-hmm. And so, I think it's really, really important that we think about giving people their flowers intentionally in 2022, ourselves yeah. included, because you don't know how long you have. And speaking of giving flowers, Jeffrey and I are having a part two of that debaucherous night. Um, that we just told you about the fried chicken and and we're going to my house after this we're going to Popeye's and it's the 28th of the day that we're taping this we're going to be watching the Janet Jackson our fellow tourist sister yes the documentary yes me and Jeffrey are two tourists our fellow tourist sister we're going to watch the the, the Janet Jackson documentary and I want you to come back Jeffrey I didn't tell you this this is a surprise to talk about what you think about the documentary because what I've already seen of Janet Jackson documentaries from other places Uh have completely changed my feelings around uh, Justin Timberlake who I used to love when I was younger wow so that's that's a, we don't have time oh, we don't, child, I know I wish we had a whole extra hour but yes yeah, so this is a cliffhanger guys when Jeffrey comes back as our guest host we will be talking about what happened tonight Jeffrey I will say this I have to be in bed by 11 tonight? I have to go to Pasadena first thing in the morning what time did the documentary start? at like 8 oh okay <laughs> Jeffrey and I could drink and like eat edibles and eat fried chicken. I thought and this eat. was about to be an all night thing. No, it was until I found out I had to go to Pasadena. Ugh, okay, Jeffrey, I'm trying to be responsible. She's telling me she's kicking me out, y'all. No, no, I'm telling <laughs> you. See, when you here's the thing: there's some friends that you really enjoy, and if you don't do this, it'll be three a.m. and we're gonna be kikiing and talking about that was the boy. plan. I know. I literally I canceled. My, y'all, I won't because I want her to feel bad. I canceled my entire Saturday evening because I was like, no, I'm spending it with my friend. But it's from Friday. Friday from five thirty p.m. <laughs> till Saturday morning. I'm kicking it with Blue. What are you telling and me? I'm being told I got to get out. No, but I, I, first of all, I'm going to Pasadena. I'm doing something for my health, guys. We'll get into that also later. But no, the Janet Jackson documentary, I cannot wait to see it. She, you all owe her, owe her an apology. Can't wait to see We'll it. get back into that. But a lot of people, particularly the media and black people too, mm-hmm. owe Janet Jackson an apology. And after we watch the documentary and heard her version, we'll explain to you why you had our sister fucked up. Um, Jeffrey... 
we were supposed to talk about so many other things. I know. I want you guys to keep an eye out for when Jeffrey comes back because Jeffrey is actually an amazing chef. He's a, he's a celebrity chef because everybody you, you cook for is freaking important. <laughs> Jeffrey knows half of Hollywood, guys. He's playing modest because he's my friend, but he knows everybody. I don't know that people. Jeffrey, we just talked about how like there's the six shows that everybody's talking about. Right. You, know, you know somebody on every show. <laughs> when Jeffrey comes back, I want you to talk about what it's like like stepping out and being self-employed and being this culinary guru in the making and what that's going to look like. Hopefully, at some point, we'll be able to have you in a studio with the kitchen so that you can cook for us and I can eat on camera and let people see how orgasmic Anytime. your food is. You're the one person who's cooked that all my friends like their food. Really? People, some cooks are polarizing, but everybody loves your food, Jeffrey. Oh. Jeffrey, tell them where they can find you. You all can find me on social media. Everything is at Jeffro5, J-E-F-1-F-R-O, the number five. Also, my food page is Best Kept Secrets, I-N-T-L, short for international. Makes sense. I didn't know that a lot of people didn't know I-N-T-L, short for international. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a different conversation. Best Kept Secrets, international, <laughs> I-N-T-L. And, uh, yeah. You guys, this hour went by quickly. If I had so a rich fast. benefactor, the episodes would be longer. Somebody cut me a check because clearly we know how to talk. Um, and, and that concludes our first episode of 2022. And for those who've been wondering, well, Blue, how often are you going to be coming? I'm committing to have the show come out at least bi-weekly. Okay. So at least every other week. But there'll be some weeks where it'll be, it'll be every week. Yeah. But don't expect it because, you know, sis got bills and responsibilities. <laughs> but bi-weekly is my commitment at least until April when my birthday is. Okay. Jeffrey, I love you. And that concludes our first 2022 show. Good. It's time Ooh. to get some chicken now. All right, bye, y'all. Bye. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.